Welcome to another episode of Tennessee Froward's Reading. I'm your host, Felicia Baxter. I realize if I'm going to do these many podcasts that incorporate my blog post, I'm going to have to have a new intro. Not only am I going to be spilling the tea about other things that I'm reading and I'm writing and watching, I'm also I also had to use a song that I've been bopping to because I have been re-watching the entire series Insecure, which ended this year, and ball and y'all, it was a complete doozy. So enjoy The Glow by Victoria Monet. All of these songs that you hear or the music that you hear in this episode are available for immediate streaming on iTunes, the playlist link. Is absolutely in my podcast notes or wherever you listen to music. And again, thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Bye, y'all. From, abs- from absurdity to heartbreaking, or from the absurd to heartbreaking, I, out of laziness, really try to figure out how I'm going to combine technology with old school writing. I love the look and feel of paper. I love my Smites in the Bond Street notebook and my blue paper or blue stationery. I love to write and it seems so redundant. How can I accurately get my words on my blog or in a Word document or on pages without taking up a whole bunch of time. Well, I've decided to combine my blog with Anchor because I'm moving um, episodes or previously published podcasts to that platform anyways. This should be able to serve as not only a mechanism for me to publish or create content, but get it to in a hybrid sense, because I want to do that anyways. Um, I'll write a little bit, get the listener intrigue, and you would want to listen to the rest of it on the podcast. And also... I will be combining um, several of my recordings into one longer podcast for uh, the listeners that want to listen to them in total. But in this section, I will be talking about a heart-wrenching 
biopic really let the world see as well as probably one of the most absurd takes on the response or lack of the response in the United States to the coronavirus. Don't look up. I have a lot to say about that, but I'm hopeful that what I will say about the biopic involving Mamie Till and uh, about her response to the murder of her son Emmett Till will be more proactive. There's really nothing new that you can absolutely glean uh, from that. It looks, it seemed more satirical and it also made me think about how, if there is other life in our universe, how if they are, they perceive us, they must think we're a bunch of dumbasses. So I'm hopeful that anyone in the listening audience will form their own opinion, will absolutely stream both of these uh, videos or um, stories and come up with your own opinion. You just let me know what you absolutely think. And the reason why I'm splitting this up is twofold because I found that my recorder application, after a certain amount of data, it won't um, translate um, after a certain amount of words. So this is a way for me um, to keep it simple and short, which will hopefully entice what I absolutely publish and work from on the blog but it also will serve as an introduction, an enticing introduction for people to listen to the rest of the recorded audio. Let me know. So first, let's go start at the absurd. And it's so absurd, it's laughable because a lot of it is true. Don't look up the MAGA rich saga of the lack of response to all the superpowers when a threat of an asteroid, a life ending asteroid is threatening to hit the earth. It it's like almost like a, I said it's a satire but is it like a parody? I was wondering is because it seems that what's his name? The former dumbass in charge. His hatred of Glenn Close, not Glenn Close, Mer- Meryl Streep. She absolutely plays him and a female actress playing him. Does that mean that you think he's a big dumbass or big girl? And she is so vapid and just so stupid. And how she dies getting eaten by some 22,000 year old dinosaur in the future is just rich. Yeah, and this is full of spoilers, I grant it. But. It all comes of the premise that you have these scientists yelling from the rafters that 
there's a asteroid that that we're going to be annihilated. Y'all had six months to prepare for it, but they decided to not do anything and to abort the mission simply for first reason they aborted it. First, they didn't believe it. And it, they didn't want the optics. And then they aborted it because they found out that it was rich in minerals. But none of that mattered because everybody was going to die. And they made a, it was crazy. They made a bipartisan attack or a bipartisan uh, look at how stupid and absurd the lack of response was. You had journalists that because it didn't get the right amount of clicks that they were not, they were unwilling to publish this story. Um, you had the weaponization of the Justice Department going against the scientists that basically were telling people the truth. So it became against the law or unlawful to tell the truth. I see that happening now. So that didn't shock me. And that was absolutely true. They had the Fox-like news and other tabloids that want to make bad news fun without giving people preparation or holding politicians, the biggest scammers on the planet, accountable for not doing what was necessary to protect the public. The biggest scam, I think, on all of us is a scam is when you're you're um, purposefully deceitful and you're trying to get something out of someone else. What do politicians do? They basically try to tell you what you want to hear and then they there's no action. And they have the they have what the agenda is supposed to be for the public, but then they have their own agenda. A lot of it is avaristic. Most of it seems like it's avaristic. And we're not going to get any justice and we're not going to go forward until um, politicians really actually do their job. I kept seeing. The there was a lot of points of contention where the uh, the hats of the um, the president Orleans um, supporters, how when it came down to it, they also made fun of the big business, the Elon Musk kind of character, which I thought was rich. How the only people that survived was the autistic kind of, or on the spectrum. Uh, what was it? Vosh, founder and president, and the president of uh, what was left of the United States and a whole bunch of other naked people. And the president ended up getting eaten by some pterodactyl hybrid looking thing. And I kept 
the people that wholly supported the president, like the chief of staff. And I kept I kept thinking they kept showing this Hermes adjacent purse. And I thought it was the president's purse. It wasn't the president's purse. It was one. It it was a gazillion dollar simulation of uh, Hermes purse that I have been sweating for a number of years. But I don't have twenty thousand dollars to give to one fucking purse. I don't even know if I would actually get if I hit the lotto tomorrow. That seems like just such a waste of money. But the purse actually belonged to the chief of staff. And I kept thinking, what is the significance of this freaking purse? Is it because while we were on the verge of being annihilated, this so-called public servant had such an obvious and horrible symbol of avarice and and waste and how he was just a horrible and despicable representation of stupidity. But this purse came to symbolize that. And I said, wow, this made sense from every press secretary, agent, or anybody that supported the former administration. And also the idea of hunkering down in that cold, snowy place. First, when the parents were like, can't bring politics here. She, it's not politics when she's basically saying the truth that we're going to be all annihilated. That asteroid doesn't care what political party you were. Didn't care. It really didn't. It was going to kill everything and every life form. What? And it was just so absurd, the whole movie, but it was absolutely disheartening. We had a chance to do the right thing, but we won't do the right thing. And that has been the span of what is going on with COVID. They let the asteroid come, a uh, 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 catastrophic asteroid, they're going to allow it to hit because it had many riches in it. And I firmly believe that there are some people that are still profiting on the continuation of this pandemic. We got the Supreme Court. I don't know if they're debating whether he had the jurisdiction to be able to do a mandate to protect the gut, to protect others or what exactly is their ploy. It makes you want I, I, it just makes me want to realize what is the role of the, the checks and balances and what is the role of the Supreme Court? Are they mad that he did it and he acted or will that put them on the spot to put who when you don't act? What exactly does that mean? And the constitutionality of a mandate, I don't think there is any constitutionality because 
in an emergency like a pandemic and something that is going to kill you if you hamstring the executive in charge he is going to act in the best interest of the majority of the people especially of federal workers but you then you would think why didn't they act when that fool called national emergency when he had a dumbass wall to be built does that put them on blast for that too you can't have it both ways y'all you can't restrict people's right again you can't say one thing and then say the other dereliction of duty is very clear to me when you fail to act in in your capacity as a leader but then if you have other um entities that are willing to hamstring you not to do the right thing for the majority of people that it to me is very disturbing and it ramps up my in my mind ding 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 what is the purpose of me staying here when it seems like all parts of the government are getting it wrong Y'all are arguing about minutiae when the bigger issue is how are we going to emerge from this and who is on the take to keep this shit going? Because this is that's what it basically seems like to me when you basically demonetize and depoliticize all of this. And when everybody's on the same page, this has to end. These are the steps that we need to take it to end. And. These other sidebars have to stop today. And then moves on from that and getting tied up in the minutia all in itself is one of the things that I wanted to emerge from. But this movie was just so bone chilling let the world see 67 years ago Emmett Till was kidnapped from his uncle's and it's actually his great uncle's home near Money Mississippi about 72 hours later his remains were found in the Chattahoochee River bloated and mutilated they had tied a cotton gin wheel attached to barbed wire around his neck when his misshapen and mutilated body got to his mother she noticed parts of him missing gashes Um, that can't be explained by floating in the river because they had weighted him down. And from the time of his murder, the sham trial, the retrial, almost 50 years later, you know, have we progressed? I don't know. If you measure it by inches, I would say yes. And then we are now back in an age of regression of retraction, I think. I'm a living witness that the Mamie Tills and the Dale Baxters of it all and the Mark 
Margaret Baxter's and the Mary Smith's, my grandmother's respectively, paternal and maternal, are the women that kept their head down and pushed that I would be where I am today. Who would have thought my old stupid butt would have made it all the way to the University of Florida Medical School, graduated, got the training, worked at all these places, and it ended up in Tennessee of all places. Tennessee is so red, so segregated. Chattanooga was not a bastion of crunchy hippie allies that it is today. And I still give side eye to people. Don't get it twisted. But I would say that the freedoms and the blessings that I enjoy today were hard won on the shoulders and the back of those women that I mentioned and so many others of them. I think I Dare to Dream is because a lot of people put their dreams or swallowed their dreams in order that I may dream. I don't think that I would be, I'm very, I don't get me wrong, I'm very cynical and I suspect everyone of being a potential murderer of me, homicidal person myself. Um, uh, But I will never join a paramilitary or some terror group because one, I'm lazy. Number one, I'm not going to, you're not going to talk me to death. I think I have enough sense that I'm going to listen to your uh, story and explanation. But if it requires me to walk too much or to do too much because a lot of these terror groups are just doing the most i don't understand sovereign citizens where you want no rules apply to you unless it doesn't benefit you and i think democracy a truly democratic society where you can absolutely live in the middle or you could go to either extreme where you one you can make up shit and then apply it to everybody else Or you could think no rules apply to you except for the rules that you make up and your faulty uh, moral system. So I am a rule follower um, and ignorant because I know if I don't know, don't know the law, that doesn't excuse when I break the law. Um, Ignorance of the law is not an excuse because they still would lock my ass up if I do something really egregious. I don't don't get me wrong the actions of Emmett Till's murderers were inexcusable I watched that movie of how poorly treated his mother was Mamie Till Mobley Mobley was her second husband I believe and Her first husband, Emmett Till Sr., he was not such a good guy. I think he was not protected at all like Mamie Till was. 
He was an orphan. They were all part of the great migration of Southern blacks to the North and in, in particular to Chicago. He was abusive to her. Um, she got a restraining order against his ass. He went into the army only to be murdered in the army. And it, what I found apropos was he was wrongly accused of rape and murder of an Italian woman. And they basically lynched him. And 14, what, 11, 10, 11 years later, his son died the same way at the hands of those mouth-breathing Bryants down in Mississippi. It was like, we're not safe. In particular, black men, young black men are not safe. I found it annoying when you think about how far we've come. And from a pediatric standpoint, Mamie going in, sitting in Cook County, um, OB ward, and she's telling the nurse it hurts a lot. She thinks her water is broken and it's hurting a lot more. Come to find out she had spiked a fever. She was infected. I wonder if she had group B strep or it was just a reaction of her body to the baby being in distress. She was on no monitors. The nurse refused to change her and they refused to check her. And he was breech. And then I'm sure they went up there with forceps and pulled him out and bruised him all up. Basically called the brace brachial plexus injury and said you need to go need to put him the injury that they caused, you're gonna need to put him in an institution. Mm-mm. That's twofold because I think that. She gave him the talk that all black women give their young black boys and girls about how to act around authority, white authority figures or authority figures in general. The 10 and 2 rule, um, they told him to take it low and play small because you're not going to be in Chicago anymore. But that was no protection because they were a lot more stealth with it outside of your neighborhood from what I understand in Chicago but definitely in money Mississippi it was a wrap if you did what he did and simply you had a young man that may have had intellectual disabilities that was possibly um, slower on the uptake you send him down there he wasn't going to remember they didn't care they didn't care if she finally and it seems like that Bryant chick, she supposedly said it wasn't even him that whistled at her, if at all. But her relatives took it upon themselves. They were itching to put this Chicago black boy in his place. One of his relatives basically said. The grief and the sadness that prevailed in that house, they were so heartbroken. 
but she had to pull it together because she was notified of, again, another tragedy. Her only child was dead. And then after they kept up the hope that he uh, he gotten away from them because they said they turned him loose. Of course, they were lying. They turned him loose, but he was his body was now found. And then they were trying to cover it up by hastily burying him. Then they had to do some trickery um, to get him to somebody else, a funeral director that said the only reason I'm going to be able to prepare this, but the body and get him out is, is she can't you can't open up the casket. Who tells people that? Again, it was such a cover up on so many levels. And it was just so disappointing. There were so many people that wanted to do the right thing, but they didn't. And it was like you, again, would be penalized for doing the right thing from that sheriff, uh, from them closing the inquiry um, to the jury and how it was a circus. It seemed like his trial, the original trial itself was a circus. They were like, oh, this who cares about this kid? We don't care. We're going to continue to live backwards just because we can. And then it took 50 years for them to write it. They had to press. They had to get death threats. It was um, a debacle and it was absurd. So I started thinking about what would justice mean in a racially motivated crime, I think about Ahmaud Arbery and his um, attackers were formally charged, got sentenced to life. And is that really enough? I think of all the people of Asian descent that are have been attacked and what does justice mean for them? And is it, is it going to take six, seven years for them to get justice? I think about you and to a certain extent, you can't protect your young men and women and you want them, even though it says that the law supposed to protect everybody and the law is colorblind, it really isn't because we know the application of the law is not colorblind. We also know that And I, we also know that there are things that happen and people react to hurt and pain in different ways. But what I won't have people do is equate my people's pain and hurt and why we are not raging. Because when we see and hear about stories like the Ahmaud Arbery's and we hear the stories about Emmett Till's and the 600 other lynchings through in Mississippi that were specifically and truly for the color of their skin and not because you were not able to capitalize on your privilege because of the color of your skin. You don't equate our pain the same way because 
y'all were able to roll up on the Capitol and attack um, the lawmakers and the entire seat of our democracy. And y'all, people, and you got people apologizing for what y'all did wrong. You know, it's not justice is going to come and I know it's going to come slowly, but don't think that it's going to be okay for y'all to raise hell before that type of stupid slights. Those slights do not equate to systematic racial oppression and barbarism. Don't get it twisted and don't get it twisted. That's why you don't want critical race theory to be taught because it will put all of y'all on blast and why y'all are systematically government sponsored continued racial prejudice and white supremacy being supported don't get it twisted you got a whole bunch of people that are willfully and wantonly ignoring truth science because it doesn't and they would rather believe a conspiracy and it doesn't matter if you come at them with reality because they choose not to believe reality you are not allowed at the table with the grown folks because there's nothing I'm going to be able to say that's going to make that is going to get you to my side but you're going to need to pipe the fuck down because you cannot if you can't be reasonable then we don't have we can't have a conversation and I'm not saying that you have to come over to my side, but you're going to have to be reasonable to be able to have a conversation with me and to be able to argue effectively because I'm not going to be able to listen to you. We're not going to be able to talk. I can't you can't tell me that just because you did say it happened or it happened before that you're not responsible for it. You can't tell me that. I let my imagination run wild when I think of that young man's last moments. All the pain and the suffering and him calling out for his mother and they ignoring it as they whipped him, as they stabbed him, as they cut off his body parts. And I wonder if he was still conscious or alive when they wrapped that barbed wire around his neck and they threw him in the Chattahoochee. And it was just so brutal. I wonder if they had done that shit before and if just nobody had said anything. I think that that group of men, either they had the tendencies and they were able to act on it. And the way it they acted is, is if they knew they were going to get away and they did initially. But then it took another 50 some odd years for them to come back and to bring charges and to get the truth out. But, but the truth was right there and had been there all along. And the cover up was obvious. That's why when George Floyd murderers were convicted and the feeling of helplessness and the feeling 
uh, of the young woman that recorded it all. And I can only imagine Miss Till's feeling, touching her son, seeing the barbarism and how they they acted and didn't care that they had brutalized and killed their son. And they were acting like it was just another day in the park because it was. Because that is how when you are truly in a white supremacist society. You think you are you are the law and you are above the law. And this feeling of helplessness can make you go over to the other side or it could just make you use the laws that are already on hand to hold the people accountable and let the people see the lies and the pain and the brutality for what it is and make the law and seek justice always. You could choose to live and lean into the anger or you can use it to propel you to get justice. But also there's a balance because if you always live in that hatred and the anger, etc., that's um, not productive. And it's also psychologically harmful to you, too. I don't tell people to, I don't want people to give up and I don't always want everybody to become a complete militant and down with the government. And definitely I don't want people to become sovereign citizens. I think becoming a productive citizen requires you to be educated on the right, your rights. Make sure you do what you have to do to protect yourself and your families. Make sure the law does what it should do. And again, that's all I got to say about that on the Forrest Gump of it all. And um, for those that want, that think they don't have to negotiate properly and get around the law and that they're above the law nurse to you because they're coming for you i think this uneasy and this time of regression and repression is just the chaos before a reset i think a lot of this is in response to it seemed like it was just too right during the Clinton administration and definitely during the Obama administration when people were being held to the actual what the law, the spirit of the law and the actually the literal reading of the law. All men are created equal. We all can do X, Y and Z. And now people are having this horrible regression and retraction because they're like, really, it really was meant for my white ass and not for anybody else. And we wanted to go back to that. That's what is this childishness and stupidity and pettiness is all about all I got all I know is I am going to work as hard as I can to make sure if I have to bug the fuck out and I may have to it's okay because I know what is true and I know how to seek the truth and if you refuse to let me do that I have to go somewhere else I have to make sure I get my Ted hose. I get on my plane and I get the hell out and I go somewhere else where I don't and not have a blood clot. 
because that is always a possibility. And I'm never going to stop seeking the truth and I'm never going to stop telling the truth. I worked today um, and added five books about the life and times and murder of Emmett Till and how his mother and her actions started and were instrumental in the civil rights movement. All the work that she did was not for naught. We have so much or a longer way to go. And we the work is, I don't think the work will ever be done because, just because. People are always gonna want to do what they wanna do even though it's not right. And we gotta hold them accountable for it. And they got to, you gotta be able to change, you gotta be able to pivot. I'm pr- I proudly voted for our first black president always scared that he was going to be murdered from some crazy fool but then I started thinking that nobody wanted to take that smoke because they were cowards so they would hide online so they would hide um and do dastardly things and not let laws pass just because of who the color of his skin and they would make up things and they would elect a complete sociopath, lead this country, say divisive things. No, 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 don't. I don't want to go back completely black to the part where you can't question and people talk outside of their neck. But what I can't go back to is when the government can't is not doing their job for everybody and not just the top one or two percent. That's what I don't think we need to go back to. I think we COVID laid bare a whole bunch of things. We got to work to solve the social ills and we can't get caught up in this minutia and rhetoric for clicks and for clout online. There is way too much work to be done and there's way too much things that have to be corrected in our society. And if the death of this young man does not propel you to want to right those wrongs, then you may need to rewatch it and rewatch it until you're compelled to at least do something. And de- never identify with these mouth reasons. Never do anything or anyone should never be identified with this type of nonsense. We cannot go back to that. We just can't. If you ever wonder what I'm actually listening to or watching, you don't have to go far because I uh, am re-watching as the song that's playing in the background can state um, insecure as well as I'm drawn to and just like that because it's like watching a car crash because those white women are a mess and it's a way to basically get your brain 
out to, you know, clear out your brain because you go from something that I really, really liked and I can identify with to just absolutely absurdity. And this episode where when I'm talking about I want the world to see as well as um, don't look up is just like that. Uh, I go from one extreme to the other. And every all the songs that you ever hear in my podcast are attributed and I uh, they are all posted and available for immediate streaming on iTunes. But don't um, hesitate to navigate to Chatterbooks because all the books about Emmett Till and his trial and his mother are available for immediate purchase on Chatterbooks. Some of the books are back ordered. Just wait and it'll actually do myself a solid as well as local um, small book retailers. Um, navigate to my Dale's Angels Inc. blog uh, for the full podcast notes on this particular podcast as well as previous and if you just want another opinion about COVID and anything else and you can do the research yourself navigate to the uh, blog store to to purchase merch use my uh, promo code TINFRO to get a percentage off of your order do the same thing for Riders Block Coffee as well as ship a bag of dicks because there's some people that just need a gummy penis to remind them that they just have to stop being stupid. And as always, um, don't hesitate to up download this episode. Give me my props on Anchor um, and I will greatly appreciate it. And I hope you guys have a great evening and thank you for listening.